Ben Smith, I'm a photographer, and this is my podcast, A Small Voice, Conversations with Photographers. Thanks for listening. Hello people, Ben here. This is your favourite photography podcast, A Small Voice Conversations with Photographers. Possibly your favourite podcast period, I don't know. I hope so. Either way, I'm very glad you've come to join me. And I'm very, very excited to be bringing you this week the brilliant... British photographer Paddy Summerfield and um, as is customary there's a bit of stuff to get through there's a bit of business there's a bit of housekeeping please stick around there's a couple of sponsor reads please stick around for those two so much to tell you about so I'll introduce Paddy afterwards first of all let's give you a little heads up on who's to come in the new year because I don't normally do this but why not don't I tell you a few I've got in the can I've got Eugene Richards in the can I've got Gregory Crudson in the can And I've got a part two, all new, full chat with Martin Parr in the can. So there's just three for you. Fairly minor, little known photographers, but you know, you'll get with it when you hear what they have to say. Um, Not to mention a bunch of other people, all of whom have plenty to say. So that is good. I'm looking forward to bringing you all of those. Plus, of course, the review of the year, which will be uh, the first of... 2023 as is the tradition now I'll do a little roundup of who's been on let me also say that this episode is sponsored by Charcoal Editions the newest project of the Charcoal Book Club this is a curated online gallery selling open edition silver gelatin prints and that means a unique opportunity for photography lovers like me and you to acquire beautiful silver gelatin prints that ordinarily would only be financially accessible to collectors and institutions. Additioning photographic prints is an invention really of galleries and dealers designed to increase scarcity and drive up prices. Charcoal Editions is rejecting that model. The purchase price of their prints reflects an equitable division between artist, printer and gallery. You're not paying for a signature or artificial scarcity, but for light itself captured within the fabric of black and white photographic paper. To ensure the highest quality possible, every silver gelatin print is handmade by Sergio Patel and the master printers at Black and White on White in Brooklyn, New York. The motto there is beauty over scarcity, which reflects Charcoal Edition's mission to return to the core of photography's democratic and accessible nature. They're offering listeners of this podcast, you guys, a 10% discount through to the end of the year. So please go to charcoaleditions.com and use the code a small voice, all in caps at checkout to get your 10% discount on a print of your choice. So the other thing I want to tell you all about is that there's something new coming for my members only. And that is every month we're going to have a Zoom photo book focus session whereby a photographer possibly a previous or future guest possibly not it's going to come on and present to my members a 20-30 minute session whereby they discuss and talk about discuss and talk about Ben they just discuss a photo book project either one that they've just completed or one that is forthcoming they're going to talk about the work they're going to talk about the process of making the book and they're going to sometimes be joined by the designer of that book to have a two-way conversation that is happening from this week onwards so if you are interested and you're not a member please go to pod.fan find the small voice page at pod.fan it's all over the home page anyway so you can't really miss it and you can join up as a member to get exclusive 
exclusive special additional content for five pounds a month and that will include this new feature which is starting this week i'm very happy to be joined by kavi pajara talking about his recent book this golden mile published by satanta and a lot of you will have heard Cavi's recent episode, so you'll be fam- fully familiar with it. And joined by Cavi will be Tom Booth Woodger, who was the designer of that book. We're doing that this Thursday, the 8th of December. And my members, if you are a member, you will already have received an email from me uh, giving you the link to join. And if you're not a member, please go to pod.fan and join up. So I'm very excited about that. It's going to be a brand new small voice venture. And there's going to be some fantastic photographers coming in the future of the caliber that uh, you are familiar with from listening to this podcast okie doke i don't do scripts for this intro anymore so you'll forgive me if this is kind of a bit kind of ragged but i'm just making it up as i go along i'm not making it up as i go along obviously but i'm i'm not reading from anything now this episode is also sponsored by flow photographic a leading and internationally renowned photographic print studio in central london where the emphasis is on personal service and the creation of stunning prints flow's clients are invited to take their time drink coffee and discuss their work with founder and hugely experienced master printer Alex Schneiderman, who is also the artistic director at Photo Oxford 2023, so he can bring a wealth of experience to your work. The studio, which also carries out exhibition framing and installation, as well as publishing services, is located in central London, just 20 minutes from Soho, and a minute's walk from Kensal Green Tube Station on the Bakerloo Line. Recent clients include leading photographers such as Joel Mayovitz, Paddy Summerfield, of whom more in a minute, Jem Southern, Mimi Plum, Chris Anderson, Matthew Finn, Alice Tomlinson and Sunil Gupta, as well as Magnum Photo, Stanley Barker Publishing, the Howard Greenberg Gallery, Huxley Parlour and other museums and art institutions all over the world. The lab is also home to Flow Photographic Gallery, a non-profit space that supports and showcases British documentary photography, which is currently showing Process, Environment and the Print, a survey of 30 years of printmaking and photography by documentary great Ian MacDonald. So go to the Flow website flowphotographic.com and call flow today to make an appointment to discuss your work okay so paddy summerfield born in 1947 is a british fine art photographer who's lived and worked in oxford in the uk all his life paddy is known for his evocative series of black and white images shot on 35 millimeter film which co-opt the traditional genre of documentary photography to realize a more personal and inward looking vision he has said his photographs are exclusively about abandonment and loss after taking an art foundation course at Oxford Polytechnic, Paddy attended Guildford School of Art, studying firstly in the photography department and then joining the film department the following year. In 1967, when still a first-year student, Paddy made photographs that appeared in 1970 in Bill Jay's magazine album. Between 68 and 78, Paddy documented Oxford University students in the summer terms. His pictures published in Creative Camera and on its cover in January 1974 were recognised as psychological and expressionist, unusual in an era of journalistic and documentary photography. Throughout his life, Paddy has focused on making photographic essays that are personal documents. From 1997 to 2007, he photographed his parents, his mother with Alzheimer's disease and his father caring for her. A book of the work entitled Mother and Father was published by Darry Lewis, as have been all of Paddy's other books, Empty Days, The Holiday Pictures, Home Movie and The Oxford Pictures. And next spring, there'll be an exhibition at North Wall as part of the Photo Oxford Festival, which is from April 18th to the 7th of May, of Pictures from the Garden, a project in which seven photographers have made work in response to Paddy's Mother and Father project, with a corresponding book 
to be published by, of course, Darry Lewis. And those seven photographers, just out of interest, because I, I said that I would mention them, there are Vanessa Winship, previously of this parish, Alice Tomlinson, previously of this parish, Matthew Finn, previously of this parish, Nick Roche, not yet previously of this parish, Sean Davis, previously of this parish, Jem Sumner, I can't even say previously of this parish. It's such a tongue twister. Why would I even make myself say that so many times? And Alex Schneiderman, whose name may be familiar to you because I just mentioned it. Alex runs Flow Photographic and is creative director of the Oxford Photo Festival. See, it ain't just thrown together, folks. This has been thought through. So those are the seven photographers. Paddy mentions, I think he just says Oxford Photography. But if at the beginning of our chat, so if you hear him talk about that, that's what he means. He means the Oxford Photo Festival, which is happening next spring. The other thing to say, well... Paddy's extremely unwell. He has an incurable illness. He has cancer. And so if you notice that Paddy's speech is a little slow, that's really just down to the medication, unfortunately. So it won't detract from the quality or the content of what he's saying. But I just wanted you to bear that in mind. For this episode, I'm going to do something a little unusual, which is that I'm going to include Paddy's bonus questions. Now, this is content that as many of you will know, is what I normally hold back for my paying members only. So I'm going to, in this case, include Paddy's bonus questions. I wanted you all to hear that. And I wanted to give you all a, a kind of example of what that content involves so that you're aware of it. If you want to go and sign up as a member at pod.fan, you can do that. And that's the material that you're going to get uh, on a regular basis from all of my interviewees now. But in this case, I'm going to release it as part of this main chat. So I went on the train down to Oxford to Paddy's place. I was joined, I think, mainly to keep me company by the wonderful Alice Tomlinson. And uh, we were met by Paddy's lovely partner, Patricia, who I want to thank for all she did to help facilitate this chat that I had with Paddy. Thank you to Paddy um, for doing it. Uh, we we had a great day down there and it was a real delight to um, meet both Paddy and Patricia. And I hope you enjoy this chat that I had with Paddy. Let's start with what's going on at the moment because um, you're sort of the other side of the camera at the moment in a way you've got you've got a bunch of photographers sort of traipsing around your garden <laughs> <laughs> yes, and yes. I, was, I was i was interested in um what that's all about can you explain what's happening i can i was um with alex in the garden that's alex schneiderman yes yeah yes. and um i said what's gonna happen to this lovely space when i'm gone you know i don't don't want to to become a building site and then a hotel or I don't know flats. And he said, "Tell you what, Paddy, I shall send some photographers round to you to make a record of the garden." Um, so that's how it happened. Mm. Um, and it's remarkable because I wouldn't have met these people otherwise. And they're all absolute brilliant, you know, kind of image makers. And it's an extraordinary thing that's happened, really. Mm. Um, and we've all had lovely times together, you know. So I was, I'm being very privileged, mm. really. 
Interesting to see um, how other people work and make some comparisons between, you know, your, the way you do it and the way they're doing it. Well, very, very different, mm. I think. I mean, I haven't seen much work, really, like Jem has just done for flowers. He does. Jem Southern, yeah. 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 Go on. No, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll sort of, well, I'll name check the, the photographers that we're talking about in, in the intro yeah, to the yeah. podcast. So a, a lot of the listeners will be familiar with them and certainly at least three or four of them have been on the podcast. So we know mm. who we're do- talking about, but they're all making work uh, here in your house or in your garden and photographing whatever they decide to photograph. And yeah. then hopefully it will all be seen as a show of some sort or it will all come together in, in some way that the, the work can be seen? I hope so. Like in um, Oxford Photography, there's a venue not far from here mm. which um, Patricia has kind of looked at because I can't get out of the house anymore. Mm. Um, and she says it's be highly suitable and they were apparently looking for a photography show, which they had money for. Mm. Um, so it's working well, kind of coming together. The little book that, you know, that we've made, I don't know what feature, I have no idea, but we're looking at, I guess, if we're going to have a show, and I probably won't be here for it, but the pictures, some pictures from Mother and Father... And then these photographers, and uh, I become my parents. Mm. Really, it's me in the garden now, mm. and um, it's a lovely thing to have happened for me. I mean, I mean, it's kind of Alex knows some pretty top people, mm. and um, no, it's been great fun and it's lifted my spirits Mm. Um, anyway I think it's going to be it'll be a show of the photographers and it's going to be alongside some mother and father Mm. I guess pictures Mm. Um, and what is lovely is that I've recently a few days ago found film work I did on a video and I had it transferred to disc but I never looked at it and there's so much mother and father in the film oh really footage yeah and so there they are in motion Mm. and my still photographs look like a film and my movie pictures looked like a still photograph. And that was that was really exciting because, well, I'd forgotten that I'd done it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so it was 25 years ago. Um, so now we got some clips of movie to maybe in the show somewhere to yeah. project. Something to add. Yeah, Um and I thought we need now someone to come round to make a film of me, right? And the house. Mm. Um, so 
in a way, seems to be developing mm-hmm. in an interesting way. Yeah, in an organic way. Mm. Well, the reason you're talking about your mother and father, and just in case some of the listeners won't necessarily know, and, and the reason that these photographers who um, are, are kind of traipsing around your garden is because your first book was called Mother and Father, mm. and it was photographs you'd taken of your parents mm. in this house. And uh, you documented... You know the last years of of their lives, really, or certainly mm-hmm. of your mm-hmm. your mum's life. Your mm-hmm. your mum developed Alzheimer's mm-hmm. d- disease, but ha- had you been photographing them before you'd even had that um, no. d- diagnosis, or you did you started as a result of that? Well, I'll tell you, I would take pictures throughout the year of my parents, just a few here and there, and um, I used to stick them in an album, mm. Christmas and birthdays. Anyway, Jerry Badger, mm. you know, critic and photographer, came round. And he said, what are you working on now, Paddy? I said, I'm working on these pictures. And uh, he looked at the albums and thought, this should be published. And I wasn't the first to spot it, you see, you woman in the bookshop down the road called Catherine Smith who said, Paddy, this is proper work. Right, and you didn't think of it that way? No, no. No, I didn't. And um, I think some were quite good, but... So that set me going. And, of course, it's really showing their affection and their love for one another. Mm. And... I am, you know, from windows obsessively photographing as I do now. Mm. I don't stop. Mm. I take many a picture, hundreds a day. Why obsessively? What's that? Is that always been the way with you? I think you try to capture the world, don't you? You try and hold on to something. But it's more than that. You want to capture an emotion, Mm. something that's strong and lingering and grabbing hold of your interior life. I think that's what I do, that's what I want to do, Mm. you know, create the emotion. Um, I was taken to the Ashmolean when I was about 12, which is in Oxford, and... Mm. um, I saw Samuel Palmer, an etching which is dark and troubling and messy, and and I looked at it and thought, yes, this is what I want to do when I grow up, because I understand it, I can relate to it. And I thought, if I can make work that other people could respond to that would be a lovely thing to do you know being a bit unhappy and you felt that isolation in that picture Mm. Um, even at 12 mm, I think yes wow I didn't think of photography no I just thought there is a piece of work that reflects my inner world Mm. Um, were you a bit of a unhappy kid at that point then Well, it's worth saying that when I was born, I was a faucet, which 
child, the scar is there still. Uh-huh. So the first thing that happens when you're born is pain. Hmm. My face was covered in blood, apparently, according to my father. And then I was maybe eight months, I don't know quite, but I had a five-year-old sister who died quite unexpectedly. You see, my mother couldn't relate to me. She was so distressed, and I think that connection was difficult. Yeah. And, of course, it must be the saddest thing in anyone's life to lose a child. Mm. And then being sent away to boarding school, and a lot of people... Well, you suffer because of that. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> I remember being there a couple of weeks and the master came up and said, it seems as though you're a bit homesick, but you'll, you'll come through that. And I thought, wow, heavens above, I'm going to be sick as well. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as you were what, how old? When? When you first went to boarding school. Oh, I wasn't so young, about nine. Yeah, that's young enough. I mean, the I mean, thing... Mm, yeah, still... Yeah, it's horrid. It's a terrible it's yeah, a, thing. We, I had very patronising masters. If you're not clever, if you're not one of the top boys, which I wasn't, um, bounced along the bottom, they could be very unkind. They would say, don't hurry, but be quick. Mm. Um, which actually doesn't make sense to a young person. If you would say, how how do I get, let's say, to Oxford, and you point that direction, which is the obvious, <laughs> but he would point in the opposite direction, so you go all around the world. To all right. He'll do that because you have to say, which is the quickest way to Oxford? Right. And I am... Um, I once threw a snowball at him, any chance. And um, anyway, he turned round and said, you aim to miss, not to hit. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, these, all, these things are all quite uh, unfathomable. At that, uh, Of course so. they are. And of course, I mean, everyone has a difficult life in some ways. My father used to say, life has been difficult but good. And I think probably for most Mm. Um, so that set the temperature of my psyche Mm. really Um, isolated figures you know in space and that's what you like to photograph or mm. that's how you like to photograph that's what it is really In, in most books not all quite but you see I talk about myself through my pictures Mm. so this is, if you see this picture, this is how how I feel about the world. Mm. Am I making sense? Yes, you're making perfect sense. Okay. Um, um, yeah, and, and so, I mean, you've said that most of your pictures or even all of your pictures are about abandonment and loss. Mm. But in truth, and all, they are, they, but... Um, there's always hope, mm. and I end um, each book with hope of spirituality. Mm. 
there's always hope. Mm. So, um, and I think each book really is, each book is the same story. Um, but I do it in a slightly different way. But each book is autobiographical. Mm. You know, it, this is my story and I'm telling it this way and then I tell it that way. So, so they're, all, they're all the same thing. Yeah, like I, I guess that's something you hear from a lot of creative people, mm. people who make work is that they're telling the same mm. story mm. over mm. and over again. Yeah. It feels like you're one of those people. I didn't realise until now you've mm. just said it. Well, I see it's very, very difficult to truly understand what you're about you know it's kind of a lot of people would give me insights into my work mm. which I can recognize a good picture but suddenly um, they may th say something that I hadn't understood or you could see it that way because I can only see it one way you know what I mean this mm -hmm. is how I felt and this is me yeah I mean it's terribly egocentric I suppose to make work all about oneself but yeah, of course it's therapy yeah um it's trying to make sense of the world but, but this thing about the abandonment and loss, not to mm. sort of harp mm. on about it, but why that? Why is that the, the, the subject? I mean, I suppose the abandonment, I suppose, you know, that, mm. I suppose you know, we talk about the, the, th the experience of going to, to boarding school. Mm. I suppose that, that's a kind mm. of abandonment mm. straight away. Well, it was, it was the relationship at eight months when my sister died. Mm. I was eight months. My mother couldn't relate to me. She was deep, such, deep such in grief. grief. Yeah. And you see, I think, so I would push her away. Mm. I didn't want those negative feelings. And so it's very unfortunate. But presumably, if, if I hadn't, these episodes hadn't happened, I wouldn't be making the kind of work I do. Mm. Uh, when did you first start? taking photographs when did you discover the camera um i always insisted on taking the holiday picture with a brownie box right so i remember once that would be your dad's camera or something mm, yeah one, not mine i remember my mum we were on holiday on a beach and my mother took the camera off and took an unknown picture of a girl she got chatting to and I was so irritated oh there are only 12 pictures and I want mm -mm. as many as I get what are we taking a picture of her for mm. <laughs> so um, yeah there's the, that but talk about life at school I used to go to the library and bury myself in national geographic magazines okay. all the pictures and um i would absolutely get lost in them mm. so i was looking at photographs and at school both schools i won photographic prizes so it started really quite young in my life 
I I had a good sense of lining things up, mm. you know. But you, in the end, you've got to do more than that. As I've always said, you've got to say or understand what you're saying, haven't you? You've, it, there's no point in being camera club type picture where you make a design. It's got to be about something, mm. and the and you have to know what you are about. You have to understand um, the person you are and how to, you know, how to say or say, as it were. Mm -hmm. Mm. But do you remember the point at which you realised that this was how you wanted to sort of, you know, explore the world or to explain things or to, you know, express yourself? I think when I was about 16, I thought photography would be a lovely thing to do. Mm. I went to Guildford School of Art, mid-60s, and um, they threw me out of the photographic department um, because I was having quite a lot of influence on on my vision. Like, it was run by commercial photographers. Mm. And I was, I mean, one of the, one of the subjects, they said, do photograph an egg, and I put it in an armpit. Right. And they would, you know, wouldn't understand that. And I wasn't prepared to put an egg in an egg cup. So you were sort of disruptive in a way. Mm. Well, only because... In a good way. Mm, I didn't, didn't get... Pushed out for wrongdoing, and then they said you've got to um, get through the first year before you can get transferred to the film course, which I wanted to be a filmmaker originally. Mm. So the film people said, "Yes, you can come and join us, but you've got to put your ideas away." You've got to put your ideas away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> That's a good one, isn't it? Oh, that's hilarious, yeah. Wow. So, but then you did um, one of your books, uh, The Oxford Photographs, mm. which uh, is work from, I think, 68 to 78. Yeah. You know, pictures of people your a similar age to you, yes, students here in Oxford. Yeah. But you talk about how you didn't really feel, you felt like an outsider. You talk about, mm -hmm. you know, a kind of mm. loneliness, but, mm. but that was something that you sort of noticed not just in yourself, but mm. in the people that you were photographing. And it, a well, lot of us think, wow, 68 must have been, you mm. know, sex and drugs and rock and roll and all that. Well, I think in truth, you see, that was a media thing. Mm. You know the way, Carnaby Street, it wasn't happening up north anywhere else. You didn't see people, maybe a pop concert. Mm. People weren't dressed up and out of it. We were fed a bit of that through magazines and things, but didn't seem that way really um, as you can see from the Oxford pictures mm. undergraduates are undergraduates you see it started off I have to find new ways of saying the same thing and the Oxford work there are a lot of amputations so um, it's one way it's you, you mean in the way that you compose the images mm, yeah mm. Like the front cover, it's a stage picture, but there's a hole in the tree. Mm. 
which are sought at the time, is to poke the pole through. Mm. Um, there's sexual connotations, really, and they're not there. The people mm. see it's displaced to one side. She's thoughtful, looking at grass. See, this person is travelling down here, but yeah, it's broken. Um, the hand on the breast, champagne bursting forth in the you know in the appropriate place, yeah. and this finger through the two fingers there. Mm. And um, well, these are very subtle little mm, kind yeah, of. Well, it never, you see, there was. I don't know if it really took off. There was a kind of amputation school, mm. in a way. I think Paul Hill, in a way. But it never took off because my work wasn't about in this way. And um, I used to talk about it to Jerry, Jerry Badger, and um, he always kind of thought it was interesting um, what I was doing. You can see here, you see the... It's cut off here. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah things being truncated and and yeah, outside there. of the frame. Hopefully, mm -hmm. people can can see some of these images on on your website um, oh. and see they they get a sense of what we're mm. talking about. There's a one, there's a very a nice one of a, mm. a young woman sort of lying in a bikini. Uh, mm. <laughs> she's she cut off as well. She's very mm. uh, amputated halfway down mm. her body, but um, mm. reading a book called Sex and the Christian. Mm. Brilliant. Which, right. yeah. And we've been very naughty with this picture. We have put it out with the change of title. We have said sex with the Christian. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so there are different versions of this art. And, and there again, you kind of, I come back to the egg in the armpit. I just, mm. an exposed armpit, I expect should be um, European. Um, and walking through the park, some there she was. I didn't. But you think. felt, um, I don't know, n uh, not part of this, or you felt somehow isolated. Well, I felt okay. They were my age, but they, in a sort of rarefied. But they were privileged mm. and clever. Mm. You see, they were gifted people coming to Oxford. Yeah, of course. Um, I am. Um, I wasn't in their world. Occasionally I got to know a few, but um, otherwise, you know, I was cut out mm. from their life. And did, did the photography sort of give you an excuse to talk to people or did you remain fairly sort of aloof mm. and, and just photograph? Well, I've always said it's kind of, you know, you go out in the sunshine and blue skies and you've got your camera in your hand and it's not a proper job and there are you know you come across so many lovely dramas mm. when you brush shoulders with the people I can ask people to redo it I missed it and you have to make an um, assessment whether they're going to do it again either you say oh I am this is for a magazine, <laughs> you see, and they say, oh, yes, please, oh, yes, we'll do that. And, or else you say, um, well, this is really f 
just for fun and you know I'm just practicing with my camera very new camera and I can't quite make sense of it so there's nothing to worry about that you know to be reproduced anywhere mm, right. so you, there are two routes you can take and I know Don McCollum would say um, well you can't get a picture because they're colour transparencies see I can't you know, get you a picture. Yeah. So um, right. Yeah. yeah. You can get out of that mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, commitment. Yeah. But like, so the thing is that you you've been incredibly um, productive over the last eight years, or, or in a sense that um, before mother and father, mm-hmm. you hadn't made any books. You had no. a whole lifetime of shooting. Mm. And so what, why was that? How come it hadn't happened before then? Because you, since then you've made five mm. separate mm. books with Darry mm. Lewis. Mm. It's an incredible um, sort of rate of productivity. Well, it's, it's not. It's going to the next, isn't it? Well, the, the images were taken, of mm. course. Mm. Yeah, you mm. haven't been shooting the pictures. But, mm. but just the, the process of, of putting those books together, mm. you're delving into your archive, obviously. Mm. But um, why nothing before... Mother and Father was finally produced. Well, I didn't have any real money. Right. I did phone Darius up on the mobile one time, and I said, would you be interested in doing something? And he said, well, it cost you 12000 mm. I said, thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's, the way, that's yeah. the way it goes. So, it? And I think now my parents aren't here. You know, they left some shares and things mm. so I'm able to make this happen right um, but what, were you content to have the images just sitting you know in your archive or, or was it a frustration to you that people weren't seeing the work well I've had never a book but I'd have little shows, shows you yeah. see I'd um, be in quite well quite a few galleries on and off in London um I don't know how I felt. You just have to put up with what there is. Mm. I mean, I've had the two people, it was Jerry Badger who enabled me to go forward with my photography and also Nick Sorota, so Nick Sorota, who put my first one-man show on at the Museum of Modern Art. You know, I'm, you know, in great admiration and he has great power and I think he likes me because mm. I occasionally run into him mm. and because I never push myself forward I don't say look at this do something help me mm. See, maybe that's that. yeah mm. maybe that's one of the th- reasons that you, you know, the people who manage to do that, mm. you know, you, mm. it does bear fruit. And mm. perhaps you, yeah, maybe you needed to be a bit more pushy. Mm. It feels like, you know, you, the work is so good. And it feels like you, you know, you perhaps didn't get the same amount of exposure that, you know, some of your peers mm. um, have had. I, I No, it's true. There were, you see, I can't be found in the books as a... Um, 70s photographer mm. but I just did enough to keep afloat yeah I think and now it's really happening and it's it's lovely for me to go 
See, if my parents were here, they would be proud. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> I've got the books all here, it's so mm, nice mm. to sort of have them. Um, there's one called Empty Days, mm. which is a very kind of slightly depressing title. Mm, mm, mm. Why, why, why Empty Days? What's this one about? Well, Empty Days was used by a friend of mine. And the only reference you get with Empty Days is Kafka. Kafka, right. So it comes from, I was very surprised when I looked looked it up, had mm. Empty Days been used on anything. Ah, oh, okay. And it hadn't. <laughs> Why that title, though? This is obviously, again, you know, you've, you've got, gone into your archive mm, mm. and you've, You've selected these images, mm, you know, mm. for a reason. This this yep. is the process of, mm, of making mm, a, mm. A, a body of work from, mm. I guess, you you know, you didn't shoot these at the time to come together. You, you, you've mm. made that I, decision I, afterwards. I wasn't making the book empty days. Mm. You know, I was finding pictures or negatives that made the story. Mm. Um, I was in Butlins there. Right. Actually, I mean, I can, I've, I'm just, I've just realised, you know, in a way that I've, I've sort of brought my own interpretation, but empty days could actually just mean, um, you know, leisure time and mm -hmm. it could actually be seen as a very as a very positive thing. I don't know why I immediately interpret it as, as something <laughs> yes, negative. Well, but you see, always, you see the last pictures, hope, yeah, escape. You see, when you put things together, you know, you have to pay certain people to, if you want a picture of them mm. and you're meeting the same homeless people on the streets every day you know so this picture how the sequence works picture of a dead tree, tree mm. and new growth ivy next a naked figure and there is growth mm. right then there is a grave death but new growth mm. this picture could seemingly being a bit pornographic maybe but after the grave it is weeping mm. it's sadness mm. and the next one you see the optimism there is always hope yeah yeah birds seem to feature a fair bit i mean mother and father the, the sort of emblem the of the raven, mm -hmm. yeah, which of course is emblematic of death. Mm -hmm. So you were and a carrier of news, yeah. Yeah, you see, if you look, go back on the crucifix, and I'm there, the face of Christ. Yeah, there, yeah, you've got this matches. Yeah, doesn't it? A cruci a crucified Christ mm, mm. Um, further further into the edit of the book, yeah. Mm. And these are the sorts of things that you know you sort of need to be with a book of, uh, a fair bit in order to to see these connections. Mm. You need to see it well, a few times. Well, things to well everyone. I always try and get Patricia somewhere in the work. That's your partner, I, yeah. Yeah, which I you know have terrific respect and love for her and mm. we are a team really mm. she obviously now has to look after me a bit thinks i can't cook mm. but you know she does all this scanning and all the emailing and right you know and she does all the writing for the book and yeah she's very much a kind of integral mm -hmm. part of 
of mm. the, of the process and like you say she yeah. writes in the some essays in the books and that yeah. kind of thing mm. Mm. what's your relationship to religion there's there's always religion symbolism mm. did, did you grow up very religious i was always church of england right and um, were, you, were, your, were yeah. your parents quite religious or not really yes and no i mean it's a long story all that mm. my mother would go to church and my father would go along just to keep her company, I think. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think my father, at the end, I mean, he's a lovely man, sociable and kind and enthusiastic and whatever subject you brought up, he could, he would know something about. In terms of the way that you think of your work, I feel think of you as a documentary photographer, but... Mm. You know, some people might think of you, or you might think of yourself as an artist or an art photographer. Is it, does it matter? Is there uh, any reason why you know one should f- see it one way or another? No, I I always call myself a photographer. Really, um, I know Martin Parr doesn't see me as a documentary photographer, but I do in a way. You see, it's a personal document. That's what it is, really. Mm. And I don't suppose my life is much different from a lot of other people. Mm. Um, but you do have to un- unpick the images and look at them carefully. I mean, like a lot of people, you start from the back and you flip through and not really look. You mm. get a, a moment's look and of course you get some kind of understanding look into it yeah you've got to really look at what i'm seeing because you miss it all yeah i can see in a a sense why one would think yeah you in that respect you're not Mm. in the documentary tradition Mm. you're not Mm. you're 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 more introspective in a Mm. way Mm. Mm. it's like you say it's about you one way or another Mm. You've got a book called The Holiday Pictures, which, of course, mm. is um, mm. centred largely around, um, mm. I guess, the, the British yeah. seaside. And, mm. and it's, a, it's, a, it's a subject that's, um, mm. you know, very popular. Mm. Um, a lot of great photographers have um, sort of explored the seaside. Yeah. What's the attraction of that as a place to, as mm. a hunting ground for, photo, for mm. photography? Well, I think it's the plain backdrop, isn't it? Mm. The sea in the sky. Right. So you don't get a cluttered, you know, shops and you know, telegraph poles. <laughs> it's a nice well, clean it's frame. It's clean. Um, then um, I think I would go on holiday. I don't visit abroad. I would go on holiday to seaside resorts. Mm. So I'd collect pictures when I was there I wouldn't know what else to do if I wasn't taking pictures and the most desirable place is Brighton but well I'd say most desirable but you'd look into the sun all day <laughs> and, and that's no good at all so I um, would go up to Blackpool mm. and uh, spend 10 days there and it was wonderful um, you know, you would be up and down the beach all day finding pictures and in the evening in the clubs. 
Right. And, um, yeah, it was great fun. You enjoyed yourself to some extent, like... Of uh, course, yeah. being young. Of course, as much as you can. <laughs> yeah. You had a family. You had... Um, yeah, one daughter. One daughter, yeah. yeah. She was a love baby. Right. She's the only one I got, but she's produced a lot of grandchildren for me. Oh, wow. It's been lovely. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a source mm-hmm. of pleasure for you. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about the way in which the the digital world has just transformed mm. the way which photography is 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 being viewed and you know most of your career um you know was pre mm. uh internet yeah. pre yeah. Mm. instagram mm. pre digital world mm. but from your perspective do you feel like it, it's a good thing for photography or is it a, a double edged sword in some way well, I'm, it doesn't interest me much. No. Except I use the phone now. But, yeah, of course, I haven't come to terms with digital cameras. Um, I mean, you can be in the backseat of the car taking photographs and suddenly you hit something and you shouldn't. And it looks like a fruit machine, all the numbers and flashing lights. You really want to toss it out the window. Yeah, I feel similarly. And, (laughs) um, you know, uh, well, I managed, all my life really, I managed with a Spotmatic. Mm. And um, until I got quite a bit of money for selling pictures, and uh, I bought myself a Nikon, Mm. two bodies and some lenses. Mm. Um, and of course, Pentaxes aren't particularly sharp. <laughs> mm, no, it's a bit soft. Um, but um, of course, with today's printing, you can sharpen them up. Mm. Mm. Now, in this day and age, you can put your work on Instagram, on mm. onto the you know internet, and people can see it. And mm. we talked earlier about how you know you didn't make books for many mm. years because mm. you didn't really. Mm. have the money to do that because it mm. costs money mm. so i'm wondering if you think what you think that, you know that might be a real benefit that mm. images can be shown you know on a phone screen or mm. on a computer screen mm. now i think in truth it's mentality isn't it the kind of person you are that mm. you need to be an all-rounder don't you too um, take the pictures to order them to find a publisher to get it out there. You see, it is in fact more satisfying to take pictures than anything else. It takes your mind away from reality. You're hyper focused when you take a picture, and it's like climbers on the end of a rope scaling dangerous slopes that you've got to concentrate exactly on what you're doing one slip and you're coming down so it's like that it takes your mind away from itself Mm. because you're thinking about where you're putting your foot and when you take pictures you forget yourself it's like so you're so intensely looking at something, you forget. And um, it's like playing the fruit machine. You know, you're willing the fruit to come up in a line. 
So, and you only want money to come out to put back in. Mm. You see, you completely um, lose yourself. So you, it's almost like a meditative thing for you, is it? Well, not, no, it's... Or almost an escapism. It's escape. It's escape from me. It's kind of your... Um, no, it's an escape. Because what? Because you find um, you find life, or you find being in your own head is 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 a uncomfortable mm, place. Yeah. Why? Well, because your experiences in life, because you carry that forever. Anyway, see all my books end in you know something positive. Mm. You see, in, in a way, you know, you should always surround yourself with enthusiastic, happy people, you know. Um, you don't want negative people to bring your world down and you down. Um, but it's, life is complicated. Mm. I mean, to be honest, I think about photography all the time, really. And if you don't, give yourself time to think about photography, you really won't develop. You want to push things to the edge. So, yes, I'm very lucky with Dai to, for him to have made me the books. Is that why photography has been so important to you, do you think, though? Because it's, be, it's given you that escape in a way. Mm, mm. It's like, my parents, you see, pictures of my parents in the garden. It was about holding onto something that was slipping away. Mm. Um, they might not be there tomorrow. And my father was always hopeful he would die in the garden, I think. Mm. Um, he said something interesting the other day. What, the other day when he was alive? Um, he says, I think we've come to the same conclusions about life. Me through gardening and you through photography. All right. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Um, you see, he'd turn the soil and enable things to grow. My pictures, he'll... The, I think a successful picture, or I think the best pictures, have triangles in them, and the echo of the triangle. And the decisive moment is in not necessary in that picture, but in the next picture. The echo of the triangle follows through and it develops into a story. So. I've always said things are like themselves, but not themselves. Like a, a cell that grows out from another cell. There's growth, but not quite identical. Mm. And that's what I try and make my books um, that grow, develop. You see, it isn't one picture after another I jump around and I hope the next picture is a surprise to you because 
you're not expecting that one. Uh, and I think that's key. Uh, I'm trying to work out why the triangle is important. And I think maybe the brain. Do you know about the brain? A little bit. Mm. Well, maybe it's, it's obviously this sort of shape, but maybe messages go through triangles. Mm. It can't go round and round and round. So if they're interlocked triangles, then the brain is rewarded by looking at itself. So, you know, that I don't really know. And, and of course, football is made up of triangles. I don't know, except England, they pass back. But... People realise that it's terrifically satisfying. They call it the beautiful game, but I, I don't know which aspect they mean. But you know, it's always this triangle, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And it's a very satisfying thing to watch. So, in terms of photography, mm. maybe you could illustrate the triangle thing with with an example. Or well, look at the Martin Park up there. Okay. Oh, we should say you've got some lovely prints on your walls all over the place, but <laughs> we've got one, we've got a Martin Parr one, which actually is one I don't know very well, but um, it's fairly typical Parr. Go on, use that as an example then, and um, maybe we'll have to sort of explain what picture it is, but some people at a, an event of some sort, and it's probably a typical kind of English uh, kind of summer thing with strawberries. Mm. strawberries and cream I don't know how else to <laughs> unless I go into great depth on what this picture is about the listeners are going to have to just uh, uh, look it up but go on well Martin Parr would be very hurt if you said something which was slightly critical and it wouldn't he wouldn't see it for himself but I just see that as want, want, want greed everyone is involved in their own thing, pouring cream, eating cream, and on the mobile, and yeah. you see that woman is um, looking at the strawberries, isn't or just beyond and grabbing a right. fork, and the child is looking. At There's the a baby um, being held mm -hmm. by a mum, and she's uh, got her eye on the strawberries, quite understandably. But yeah. I don't, I don't. It's interesting that this is really about how how we all read a, an mm. image in our own personal way, right? Mm. This is what the great joy of photography is, mm. in a way. Yeah. I don't I don't see it in that way at all. Um, I don't see the greed, but you do. Consumerism, yes. Consumerism, I suppose, is definitely in there. I mean, look at that, the Martin Palm. But what about the triangle, though? Well, the arms. Yeah, the, yeah, I see what you're saying. The, in, yeah, yeah, very literal. Mm. Uh, interpretation mm -hmm. well look, I'm I'm gonna um, bring it to a close because we've talked for a while and um, and we want to get onto these um, the bonus questions for the uh, <laughs> for the members which uh, I see you've um, made some notes on but um, perhaps we'll have a cup of tea or something and then uh, come back to them I remember I did an interview once with someone a student at college and they said um well, Paddy, where do you go from here? And I said, down the pub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a 
that's a good way to put it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the results of this, this current uh, little project, not one that you're <laughs> sort of participating in uh, act as a photographer, but which you're very much... Um, mm-hmm. A part of and that's you know more of as a subject um but um it's been a real pleasure talking to you patty and i i really appreciate you you taking the time to to, to chat with me so thank you brilliant ben brilliant thank you too what has photography taught you about yourself or if you prefer life in general i think it reflects me back the photographs so that's what it has taught me, because more of my work is absolute biographical. Mm. I often put myself in the picture, um, and if just an arm or a leg, to say I'm present. Um, anyway, so because my work is about myself, which is a very egoistic thing to say, But I think that everyone that makes art or pictures, um, they talk about themselves, their interests. But I I deal with the psyche, Mm. really, the Mm. emotional side. What would you say your greatest strength is as a photographer and also perhaps your main weakness, if you had to identify those Mm. things? I think the strength I'm able to bring emotion into my pictures and that's having a single figure in isolation or back view because I've been very much influenced by surrealism as Cartier Bresson once said I am really a surrealist Mm. Um, so the People, their backs turn to me. It's a rejection, you see. And also it has other advantages. Um, You don't identify that person. It's just a figure. Mm. Um, You see, like with mother and father, I never showed their faces, really. So they're everyone's mother and father. Yeah, there's something universal about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about the weakness... Well, it's not keeping up with contemporary apparatus and not being able to really have anything to do with a computer or that kind of life. Right. Um, far too dyslexic, and it's wonderful I got Patricia beside me, mm. really. Yeah, to do with those things, mm. yeah. Mm. Well, mm. I think we'd probably all like to think that might be <laughs> possible to avoid that stuff. If you could meet your 20-year-old self now, what advice would you have for that guy? Well, I would say something like this to everyone. Go out and be happy. Be enthusiastic. Find some like-minded people and enjoy the world. Mm. Um, I know you're asking about photography, but if you... I suppose if anyone came to me and said, what shall I do? I would threaten to art school Mm. um, because 
if you compared photography to painting, the best of the paintings in the world don't are far superior than the photograph. So be influenced by that world. Um, and the other arts, obviously, literature and music and things. Mm. Um, and then do a photographic course. And then there are a lot of hidden jobs, like police photography, and like medical photography. You see, so that gives you a proper income for life and a pension. And you've got weekends. You've got money coming in on weekends to take your pictures. Well, that is almost like it feels like you may maybe you've answered the next question at the same time. Then, so well, let's let's ask this one anyway. So, the one most essential lesson you might pass on to someone considering a photography career today, and the word career is definitely in inverted commas there because mm. mm. I don't know what that necessarily even means for a lot of photographers. But what would be the advice for someone who just wants to do photography? I suppose is the easy way to ask mm. ask it. It's a difficult question because there's no set route, isn't there? Right, exactly. I mean, yeah. it's going to be hard um, and you've got to have stickability. And if you're wanting to make a proper living out of it, it's more than difficult. Um, I mean, it really is. I mean, I think the lifespan of photography is about five years, isn't it? So, you know, it's kind of... But don't give up. Um, mm. And every photographer is different. Um, wants to make different things that happen that you hear people say, "Oh, I can't get a photograph unless I'm, you know, in, in the deserts and distant mountains and giraffes and things." And I'm thinking, heavens above, you don't have to go abroad for. A you know, kind of spectacular um, scenery to make photographs. See, I just do it from where I sat um, every day. Mm. Okay, how has a failure mm. or what may have seemed like a failure at the time actually set you up for later success? Do you have some kind of favourite failure? Well, my favourite failure is developing a film in fixative oh, right. um, fortunately it wasn't a wedding did anything come out no it was completely transparent <laughs> as you would expect <laughs> yeah yeah that's a difficult one to understand yeah. in a way what's seen no. at the time yeah no it's it's, I mean, it's a question it's a question that a lot of people don't necessarily get and it mm, takes mm, a bit mm, of thought mm, but mm. it's really i suppose about the fact that mm. sometimes you know you can have what seemed like a failure mm. and actually, you know, I guess what you learn from it yeah. mm. can mm. be seen as, a, mm. as an mm. advantage. People who are old that have made work all their lives, I think, return to little sketches and smudges and little drawings if you're an artist, mm. you know. And I think I do that now with the camera. I make little sp smudges. Um and very near the Impressionists, um, which are my favourite, my favourite painters. So things, so 
what I'm saying, I can see work that I've just done, just chance, you know, just movement and um, not really thinking too much, not much in the frame. You can say, well, this is interesting. I don't have to get anything sharp. Um, I can make impressions of the world um, rather than a very focused, well-seen picture. And so that developed through chance. Mm. Um, anyway. Oh, I like that. Mm. Can you think of any ideas or beliefs, whether about photography or anything else in life, that you have now either reversed or perhaps totally changed your position on? You're doing that all the time. You know, when you're young, you're very dogmatic. You say, well, you know, this only this ma this matters and that vision matters. And, of course, there's so much that you miss and you can return to as an adult and say, oh, I understand now. It's not nonsense, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. That's what happens when you start to mature. You embrace, you know, things that you've missed. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a photo book that has a special place in your heart, or a particular significance, or that has been especially influential or inspiring mm -hmm. to you? Well, the book which I think is remarkable. Um, Goodbye, photography by Dido. Mm -hmm. And it's small enough. Dido Moriyama, mm. yeah. So it's small enough to put in your pocket. So I could walk round with his in my pocket mm. and I have no idea how he made these pictures. Right. And I know they were half frame, but I think he made prints and copied, you know, re-photographed them. And I think it's an extraordinary vision. And, well, it, to me, it's like a punk record. Mm. It's tearing it all up. It's aggressive. It's angry. It's dismissive. It's, you know, street language. And, you know, it's, um, you know, a wonderful thing to experience that book. I, I can't really work out how he achieved it, mm. you know. But I would carry it around with me sometimes and look at it. And that's what the book I would like to make. Yeah. And I suppose I got all the negatives of that book. <laughs> like it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's terrific. Okay, I so that's, terrific. yeah, Bye Bye Photography by Dido mm. Mariama. Um, yeah, um, as you say, it's, it's a very small book. It's, um, yeah, plenty small enough to put in your pocket. Beautiful. Um, okay. Do you have a favourite photographer if you absolutely had to pick someone? Um, why Why them? Well, when I was at Guildford School of Art, there were very few books in the library, fine art, probably a dozen, less. And I was brought up on Curtis, Cartier-Bresson mm. and Latigue. So they're the people, the decisive moment people. Um, and my first pictures... I went to France when I was 20. I used the decisive moment vision. Um, and um, I was fortunate enough to meet Cartier-Bresson and uh, 
I had a card for him with one of my pictures on it and um, on the card it was sort of like how sensitive and mature his pictures were and having said that he looked up at me and he said ah but we're all part of the universe (laughs) (laughs) so where'd he go from there (laughs) and the other Curtis I met Curtis and had an opening not his and he was frail and small sat down and I got him to sign a book and I said to him I'm sure Cartier Brussel has a lot to you know to thank you for which I'm sure he would be true I think Curtis was working before and using the decisive moment philosophy and his eyes swelled up to tears he knew what I meant and mm-hmm. he knew that I was right that's great yeah any notable photo books or photographers that you've only just discovered for the first time in, in more recent years? Mm. Could be someone who's been around a long time mm. but just new to you, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Well, this this book, The Pillar by Stephen Gill, I think is a remarkable book. Mm. Um, that's the most recent book mm. that... Um, you know that it's knocked me sideways yeah the pillar by Stephen Gill mm, yeah it's a beautiful mm, book mm, if and when you feel creatively exhausted uninspired or blocked in some way what do you do to get yourself mm. moving forward again well everyone comes up against lean times when not much is happening and I would say to anyone that you work your way through it you don't start taking pictures and something will come up and um, you could change your camera. Um, I got a little compact and had tape to the front, um, um, a little, little magnifier, you know, and it will focus about nine inches away. And every time I took a picture, the flash went off. And I could, I never looked at the viewfinder. I'd do assess there, there, there. And odd, odd pictures were emerging. So um, never give up. Just try, keep trying. Of course, you know, you come to an end, you see, I came to the end of the amputation of the oxal pictures I couldn't see it, I couldn't find it now you, you come to an end of something and you can't do that all your life each book can't have it you know, you change your image really your, um, the pictures that you're producing they've got to be a bit different in each book hmm. so um, yeah so you just, that was it, you know, kind of by playing with a different type of camera, by mm, mm. you kind of changing things up a bit, you're mm, mm. kind of getting the creative juices flowing again in a that's way. That's right, that's yeah. right. But never, you see, if you're obsessive, you can't stop taking pictures. Anyway, even though you think, oh, that's disappointing, and that's, I've, I can't have that. Good pictures aren't working. Mm. Um, self-doubt, a lot of 
people deal with that, uh, creative people, um, um, I guess people of all sorts. Uh, how do you deal with it if that is something that, that you suffer from? And, you know, do you have any strategies or habits that you come back to to manage that? Mm. I haven't really um, suffered from self-doubt when it comes to photography. You know, I've always had half an idea that they're good pictures. Um, other aspects of life mm. yeah, <laughs> that yeah. I have to try and tackle. Um, being human is um, difficult to avoid self-doubt. You start looking around you and other people, and um, but um, it's been something I've fallen back on and and made my life photography. Hmm. So I haven't stopped thinking about it, and uh, of course I wanted to be a filmmaker, and there's no chance for that because the finance and the money, and so. I was my own filmmaker when it came to making books. Yeah, I could choose what and how and what goes where and how it develops. So I'm really a filmmaker. Mm. What other art forms or cultural output, either highbrow or popular, mm. Mm. do you consume, enjoy or, or take inspiration from? No, I, um, I enjoy all the arts, really. Mm dance, whatever, literature, music. Um, I, I enjoy them all. I, it's really good that Sky Arts now is free and um, I can look at, you know, a lot of stuff on there is quite good. Yeah. Very good, in fact. Um, that's lovely. No, I've always, always um, looked to the other arts and I think you need to. Mm. You know, if you're going to be an all-round person... They're all the same thing. Yeah. They they're all about expressing emotion. Well you've you've already I mean you've talked about your beloved Beatles, so music's obviously been mm. an influence. Mm. You you've talked about impressionists and, mm. you know, painters, mm. so mm. yeah, there've been there've already been a few mm. references there. What is the thing that you like the most about photography or about being a photographer, if you had to uh, name something. Also, then, what would you like the least if you had to name mm. something? Mm. I think, you know, it's the freedom. If you're on the street, you can go out on a sunny day and blue sky and all those lovely chance meetings, all the lovely dramas that's happening and you never know what's around the next corner. And, uh, you know, it, it's not really a job. Any more than the Beatles had a job. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they had the best job in the world. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But it's maybe the second best. Mm. Yeah. Okay, go on, tell me. No, the photography, you know, I mean, okay. it's like, you know, second only to, I guess, you know, yeah. You might want to be a rock and roll star first and foremost, but I think, you know, photography mm. could be a close second. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in the pop world I mean really it wasn't the um, the girls or the drugs or whatever the lifestyle I mean it would destroy you mm. most people you know have 
heavy drug dependencies in the pot world. It, I mean, I was saved from that. Mm. You know what, what I'm saying is, so, to be live a pop star lifestyle would be frightening. Yeah, it does. Yeah, destroy some people. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing you like the least, if there was something, could be just. Uh, the lack of income, maybe. What What do you like the least about uh, the photographer's life? Well, yes, there's no money coming in. But I, there's not much I dislike. Mm. Because I'm always finding, in the end, something that pops up that I haven't thought about. You see, if I was going to do another book, I can't go out the home, I would try and do that from the next I've got. The Dido, yeah. I, I don't know how he's achieved them, really. I mean, it's wonderful. Uh, okay, so, well, this sort of follows on in a way we were talking a bit about it. So, over the years, mm. how have you dealt with juggling the need to make a living mm. with finding the time to pursue personal projects that mm. don't mm. necessarily earn you any money? No, I think I've had two serious photographic jobs, you know, five days a week. And the first one was being a medical photographer two or three years. And then later on, as um, a photographer at experimental psychology. And uh, both were keeping your hands in at photography. And, of course, you've got weekends and long summer evenings. But the advantage of that is that they had dark rooms, so I could develop my own film and print. Mm. So, you know, that that was a bonus. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What do you think you might have ended up doing if you hadn't become a photographer? Mm. Do you think you would have been, whatever it was, would you have been mm. any good at it? Well, in my life, after the solo work of John Lennon, I wrote a pop lyric every day of my life, but I've written about 5,000 pop lyrics. No. And what... I would like most when it regards my work as a lyricist um, is to be sat in a pub and lean over to the guy next to me and say, well, the record they are now playing on the jukebox, I wrote the lyrics. That would be my highlight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Well, back to the rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, but the lyric writing um, half of a of a of a famous pop duo maybe would have been the other Mm. would have been your Mm. alternative career. But something you've actually done. You have these Mm. these lyrics. Well, I'd like to. I'll show you. Thank you. All right. Well, that's it, Paddy. We've done it. Appreciate it yet again, and thank you so much for, for going through the bonus well, questions. Thank you for talking to me, Ben. Mm-hmm.